0: I would like to procure the bag.
1: I want to be a rich bitch. Penthouse store man. Money, 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 rich bitch. Hey. Hey, Give me that bag. Rich bitch. You're so
0: rich. I love
1: love summer, but I hate being hot.
0: (gasps) I love summer also, and I also hate being hot, and Mike feels the same way.
1: Yeah, which is weird because he's Greek. You'd think he'd yeah be like, yes, no he hates it. Heat. He's
0: actually bigger. <laughs> sorry, Mike. He's actually more of a, a diva about it than I am. He's just, <laughs> it's so funny. He's like, I, I'm I'm dying right now. I need to turn. Like last night, I came home from a flight and it was pre- and I said, it's hot. It's it's hot in here. And he didn't have the AC. I had the fan going. And he was like, Oh my god, I'm dying. Like it's always like, Oh my god, I'm dying. Oh my god. But also like that's the that's the Greekness I love about him is because like it's not just everything's like that. Like um, you know, like if he's hungry, he's malnourished.
1: Right. If
0: he's da, da, da uh, you know, like because there's no there's like apparently he was talking about this and again this is gonna sound deeply uneducated. I know nothing about uh, Greek life until I was with a Greek man. But um, like he said, there's words for like there's no words for like oh that sucks. It's like I suffer in Greek. It's like <laughs> I suffer because they're just like so like oh oh uh, right. there's no
1: middle ground no no
0: no no it's like full everything's on.
1: amazing or you're dead
0: yeah and i love that because like everything is really real like yeah. it's very much like this is how we feel this is how we feel whereas like i'm from mm-hmm. like white fam in the mid mid east you know m- the east coast like just take your feelings and like you and know just
1: push them down yeah yeah
0: yeah we you can talk, talk about, about, them, about them but also like get over your shit no
1: but we don't well you're from a little farther south yeah yeah we don't talk about them <laughs> it was just like this is fine
0: yeah, like my mom fine. would talk about him. my dad, what our feelings. So he's, yeah. he's and I love him. He's like yeah. one of my favorite people. We've
1: we've gotten better with that as we've gotten older. Mm-hmm. Um, but Thanks,
0: Sweet Whacker, outside. You're really killing it for I us. I mean,
1: I was just going to say, like, m- the building was on fire, and so they're, like, gutting oh apartments and changing them over.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I guess that's the best outcomes. There's a guy right, fixing yeah, it yeah, yeah. as opposed to the building's it. gone.
1: Right, right, right. Um, yeah. It was, it was uh, I don't remember if we talked about this yet. I think we might have, but, like, mm-hmm. You know, the building had an electrical situation mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. like, burnt out three apartments. And yeah. so they're replacing them. And I accidentally walked into my kitchen fully naked the other day <gasps> while one of the workers was in the kitchen across from me and, like, looked over and we made eye contact. And I was like, okay. Was he cute?
0: <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, there's all that. Yeah, that's it's not... like,
1: yep, I'm the naked neighbor. You're like, always. I'm the naked man for, for friends. Ones, for once, I would like to not be the naked neighbor. I would like to have a naked neighbor. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, you've always been the naked one. Yes. Okay.
1: Like, and it's just whatever. It's it that's is fine. what it is. But like,
0: just for once, just one time. Just offer me up some. Right. That's, and what, you're, that's what you're saying.
1: Right, like give me, like I don't know. I'm not like looking in your window, but no, if no, I no. happen to glance over and there's a dick there, you know, I'm not going to be. Upset. So you
0: prefer a male naked person?
1: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wondered if you were just really. Was it wasn't more about the principle, or was it more? Was it about like actually seeing someone naked? It's Do you bo- know what I mean? It's both. Okay. Okay. Because like, could could be anyone then, because like it'll even playing field, but then it'll be more enjoyable for you if it is male.
1: Right. But yeah. I also feel like in the same building is awkward, so I yes, would have it to is. move into a building where I can see someone across the street.
0: Ooh. Oh, right because this is the same building right and then
1: it's just like yeah and okay. then it's just kind of like one of those moments where it's like wait a minute are they are they naked and then you have to be and like, oh you're my like my i'm God, also naked. i am no longer the naked neighbor <laughs> ed the naked neighbor right i think that that's the podcast episode that's, yeah ed, the naked neighbor <laughs> the yeah, naked yeah neighbor. we started
0: with feelings we've ended it on naked, naked neighbors. neighbors so i yeah. think it's time <laughs> no, <to laughs> know, but, but i do want to say i wanted to say yeah like greek greek culture is so much more like boisterous and outgoing, but every, but, but emotional, which I love because like the men are really in touch with their, how they feel. And it's not in a way that's like, Oh, stop crying. Like Jesus. But it's like, you never wonder like, how do right. you feel about this? Like a lot of men have this. And it's because of the world's program this way, AKA the patriarchy has made men feel like I have a feeling. Mm,
1: don't you know, but Greek it. men are like,
0: oh, your hair, oh, everything is, oh, I suffer. You know, it's like so wonderful. I just find it to be great.
1: Um, actually, I saw there was a TikTok that went viral yesterday. the day before of these two like Aussie guys mm-hmm. who are driving in their car and they're trying to be like really like hard and straight or really whatever. cool. Yeah, and this might the I ha- just haven't met you yet song by Michael Buble comes oh. on. And they're like, oh, I fucking hate this song. Oh, this dude's such an idiot. I haven't
0: met you yet.
1: And then they both start singing it in the car
0: mm-hmm. and then they
1: stop the car. They get out of it and they do a whole dance sequence <gasps> together and then they get back in the car. So then the follow up to that that I saw today is that Michael Bublé found them, messaged them, called them and invited them to his concert in Australia. Oh, my God. <laughs> Showed the video on the <gasps> in the arena in the jumbotron on the jumbotron and then like didn't interview but like talked to the guys obviously they had like a yeah. stage moment but he was like that's what this country is all about he's yeah. like he's like friendship and sexual ambig- ambiguity ambiguity <laughs> <laughs> pride because it was funny like they're such good friends they work together and they were <laughs> hugging and they were like kissing each other on the head and mm-hmm. it was like it was so nice to see not because it's like hey, yeah. hey hot guys like whatever yeah and, yeah like, of course yes that too but it's also just like why can't Men just do that, like it's yeah. love and affection, and it's totally normal, kindness. And like, and kindness, vulnerability, and, and like, um, like humans are just tactile beings, we need touch, right. We need sensory, you know, right, stimulus. So, like, hugging someone, and you that, can
0: have that and have masculine energy, yeah. Well, but it's you know, but it's not masculinity, a, but I it. think yeah. it is that's my right. point is that they're making it, it, it the world's making it about masculinity when in reality. I find my boyfriend extremely masculine but he would do all he would still be down to like be sweet and kind and Outgoing and and do so things that, that
1: Mike would make out with me. No,
0: absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> He's not into that. But it's but just friendship, but right? it's, it's just, just <laughs> friendship. Wait, were they like making out? You said they kiss each other. No, they were just okay. Like, they are just being. Yeah, the story changes other. if you're totally like, well, changes. they were tonguing each right, other. Right, right. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, that's that's not what we're asking. But every one guy night, like, sat
1: on his face <laughs> and was like, "I love you, man." <laughs> okay, like, I was like, wait, I'm so
0: confused by those. Um, no, but
1: it's it's just like the affection. I think it's not even. Yeah, it has nothing to do with femininity or masculinity or anything. But people make it you as a person yes needs. and
0: that's what it should be agree the problem is they make it that way which is stupid it and is it's stupid. dumb as fuck anyway you love that um so uh love feelings that. yeah but i i just said yeah i i think i had a family that talked about a lot of stuff but it was really mainly with my mom because she's like a you know hippie from this you know 60s and a super sweet art teacher former art teacher told me everything She's the best. And my dad is like, if you need me, talk to me. You know, <laughs> like, but.
1: If you need me, you call
0: me, no matter where you are. <laughs> and there we got a licensing anyway.
1: violation. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, play. dude, we've had like five at this point. I just I haven't know, met fine. you yet. Okay, it's fine. But anyway, so to get into the gig, um, well, there were seven minutes I in. I
1: think that the, the masculine, feminine energy thing, uh, like, conversation is a really great segue yes. into last night's Tony <gasps> Awards.
0: Tell us all about it because you were there.
1: I was there and it was my first Tony's. I went with my friend Catherine Quinn. It was her first Tony's as well. Mm. We had such a blast. Um, We were in the front row of the Mez, which means there were still 70 rows in front of us. Front Mez. It was a joy. The United Palace Theater in Washington Heights, which is where it was being hosted. It was the first time it was ever uptown. Was gorgeous. It's one of my most
0: famous, favorite places. Have you ever seen it before?
1: No, I mean, I've I've biked past it, but I've never been in it.
0: Oh, I've been in it like four times. I saw like an orchestral thing there, I've seen films there. It's insane. It's gorgeous. The detail
1: work on those walls is just like, do you know why it's like that? No, it's one of
0: the original theater palaces. So, back in the day when there weren't talkies and it was like silent film, Mm -hmm. they had these palaces that would play um, moving pictures, and it was such a big, big deal that they wanted it to be elevated constantly so originally there were movie palaces and that's one of the, the remaining ones
1: oh my god I yeah love it. it's yeah. so stunning
0: it's gorgeous. um
1: but it was like celebrity infested of course yeah and like we just had the best time um you know of course we made like the tiktoks of it all so like go watch that on my tiktok yeah but, um, where can they
0: find you on tiktok
1: <laughs> at edward Miskey. there we go um super boring but it was just such a delight mm-hmm Obviously, with the WGA strike, there were no writers. Yeah. And the entrance of it, like, the opener of it was perfect because it pointed to that, and they still nailed it. Like, Mm. Ariana DeBose, fucking queen, love her. Open, she was the host. And it was, like, the opening shot was her in a dressing room. She opens up the script to the Tony Awards, and all the pages are blank. And she's like, uh... And so she just decides to, like, do this full-out dance number with all these dancers in the hallways and everything else. She does this leap... Off of a staircase into someone's arms that <gasps> was like, that made me like, <gasps> like was this being, like
0: done live or yes, filmed? It was oh done my live. god, it was
1: insane! It was so good, but anyway, wow, so like she um, nailed. Every single second mm. of this. The opener was great, and people were joking, like, well, I guess we just proved that we don't need writers because this was wonderful.
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> we definitely do, other than totally. sh- shows. Yeah, and like, like it was shows. There was
1: something very charming about watching some of these people like pull their commentary out of their ass. And I'm sure to a degree that they like had some sort of scripted and, like, thing. Right, yeah. And came up with stuff like a structure. You would hope it's beforehand. the Tonys, Yeah. Right. Um, but it was wonderful. And There was so many things that happened last night that were just historically amazing. Mm. First and foremost, starting with the fact that Joel Grey and uh, John Kander got... No, sorry, Ebb, Sorry, Eb uh, got... No, Kander? Yes. Wait, I'm confusing myself. John Kander, yes. The two of them got Lifetime Achievements Awards. Uh. They were both there together. Obviously, there's history there because Joel Grey originated the role of MC in Cabaret, which was written by Kander and Ebb. And the two of them are both gay men. Joel Gray
0: and, uh, um, was going to be the officiant for my friend's wedding, um, and then when they had to reschedule it three times with the COVID, he did a beautiful video tribute to them and sent it. And he's just a delightful human. Yeah, he, shout out to Drew and Stephanie. Your wedding his hand
1: was great. In, hand in. he was the director of the Yiddish fiddler in yeah, in the city. Directed my I, friend Drew. And yeah, my I tons friend of Stephanie. In there. Yeah, yeah, so many.
0: We have so many friends in that show. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Seriously,
1: it is so weird. Yeah. I did like half the cast at some point. Yeah. Um, but you know, so I've gotten to meet him and interact with him because of that, and he's just like the most delightful human. He's like a million years old. I know. But the two of them together was amazing. Um, and then we had um some really, like really um progressive wins last night, and it shouldn't mm. be progressive, but it is because again, like. The, Patriarchy and all that. Yeah. But um, Alex Newell from Shucked and uh, I think it's Jay Gee from uh, Something Like It Hot. Yeah. Both uh, trans non binary, binary Mm. humans, both won Tony Awards. Work. Which was. Incredible. Has that
0: happened before?
1: No. Well, okay. So the the spin of it is is that it's the first time that this has ever happened. But I think the real answer is that it's the first time that anyone who has been out and living out uh, loud as a non binary yeah. person or transgender that's
0: come into that's that's been a thing with RuPaul's Drag Race too because there have been trans queens who have won, but they later were transitioning. Whereas like uh Peppermint, I believe, or maybe it was the one before who like was very open about that they are transient
1: yeah so right. it's it, i cool. think i think the real point is that it's that it, they're, they're out they're living out, and doing um, their thing and it's succeeding I'm, right and i'm sure that there are um you know people who have been non-binary before who maybe weren't as out about it as the two of them are yeah um but oh my god the two of them the looks wow just slaying the yeah. game yeah Um, and then we had the guy who wrote, uh, I'm going to get this show wrong. It's fine. He was a playwright. I cannot remember his name, but (laughs) he had a great line where he was like, when I was growing up, I was called the F slur for a gay man my whole life. And they had to bleep this out on TV. There was a whole Twitter storm of like what he actually said. Oh my God. And I'm going (laughs) to say it's a trigger warning who has any issues with the, with the F slur for the, the gays. But Mm -hmm. he was like, I was called the F slur. So many times growing up, but look at me now. I'm a faggot with a Tony.
0: That's awesome. And I
1: was like, yes. And I leaned. I love that. I leaned to Catherine. I was like, i want that on a
0: t-shirt yes um <laughs> trixie mattel says it all the time just to be like yep you like that because you know she's super yeah gay and her father used to call her trixie like to make fun of her that's why her drag name's trixie mattel and she's a millionaire and crushing it yeah and she says that shit all the time yeah. she's like yes look at me look at this Mm-mm, yeah giving her like mama. yeah
1: you're right i am and guess what i'm doing better yeah, than like, you are.
0: i think that's awesome i it's love like, it to me it's like um it's different very different but it's like uh When the word bitch, I'm like, this bitch. That's why I have bitch on, like, everything I do.
1: Yeah. Because it's like, she's a bitch. You're a bitch. I'm like,
0: I'm reclaiming my bitchness. I'm this bad bitch. That's what I
1: am. um, So there were some really great wins last night. I really would have liked to see... Um, well, I mean, Leopold Stott won for a bunch of things, yeah. which is a great commentary on Jewish upbringing and all of that, which was really important and really great. Right now. Especially. I would have loved to see Ain't No Mo win something. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see Shucked win something yeah. more, more than a uh, leading actor. Um, there were, I mean, there were a couple things that I was like, I wish this would have won, but I'm not upset about any of the wins. Good. Uh, Kimberly Akimbo pretty much swept. Wow. Uh, which was surprising I figured that they would win a lot but I and I haven't seen it so I don't yeah, know, But based I've not on seen what it. I'm what I've heard I thought that they would win some things but I didn't think they would sweep I was really hoping Underdog Shucked would have swept they're killing it at the box office and they're doing just fine so I think they'll it doesn't matter sure um they'll still that's do great well. to hear too
0: I, I would like I like hearing that theater sales and ticket sales because I'm so out of that like I, I pay attention to movie stuff I pay attention a lot and to streaming views and stuff like that because it really impacts my whatever and no. i'm very interested to hear how theaters doing
1: yeah well they they publish the grosses every week on playbill oh that's cool um i typically don't read them but Catherine, who took me to the tony's last <laughs> night she always will do like a tiktok on the grosses every oh Sunday cool to, like, follow up on who's doing what and how they're doing um and she was checking them last night as shows were winning and stuff uh just to kind of reference like
0: what's your friend's backstory
1: needle.
0: Catherine? yeah
1: she and I did 42nd Street together in 2015. Oh my she was Anytime Annie, and I was Julian Marsh. and <laughs> It was just such a dream show. Yeah. Um, I'm still in touch with several people from that cast, and it That's was great, just such a dream. But she and I stayed friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's been eight years, and she has changed a lot I've changed a lot we're both going through a lot of things all the time <laughs> um and during yeah we during all are. pandemic I would bike up here to Washington Heights to visit her because she lives in the neighborhood yeah and then when I moved up here I was like oh my god I'm only a couple blocks from you and so now of course like I see we're all up here yeah everyone's up here it's yeah. wonderful oh
0: it's awesome yeah it's such an artist well uh, and,
1: and also like to the point of the, the last point I'll make about the Tonys oh please too,
0: say, say as many points
1: as so many points
0: we love Tony um
1: there were a lot of other great things that happened. Victoria Clark won a Tony, which was great. Casey mm-hmm. Nicola finally won a Tony after like twenty years of work, literally deserved too. Some like it hot the choreo, and that is insane. Yeah. Um, the chase scene in Act Two, I could watch that all day. It's like wow. a it's like a nine minute tap number. It's so good. Wow. It, yeah, holy shit, it's good. But um, you know, having the theater, having the Tony Awards up here in Washington Heights, yeah, I think despite the fact that yes, transportation to and from was frustrating for the actors and like I, sure. I don't understand why the Tony Awards like Tony Sunday they still are ha- they still are made to do shows yeah I think that's ridiculous what? why
0: wait what
1: yeah so like most of those shows did matinees and then they had to they had rehearsal for the Tonys in the morning they went and did a matinee and then they came back uptown to do the award show which Ugh. is ridiculous and most of the time if you're performing you're sitting in a bus like, we were getting... Catherine was getting videos from the Shucked people, because she worked on Shucked. She was, like, the writing associate or something like yeah. that. Um, and, like, we were getting videos from them. They were just, like, sitting in a bus, waiting to go on, like, for hours. And, uh... Wow. And I think part of that was because there was not a lot of room backstage. Yeah.
0: Because it's a movie house.
1: Right. So <laughs> they don't need a backstage. Yeah. Um, But... <clears throat> you know, I think that what it showed because it was such a success and they were able to yeah, pull it off. Yeah, I've heard
0: a lot about it.
1: Is not necessarily let's do it in Washington Heights every year, but let's decentralize it and yes. go to these like big historic movie houses or or vaudeville houses that are all over the city.
0: Oh my God. That are not necessarily Broadway houses. They're beautiful. they're
1: beautiful. And everyone had a great time. It was hot as balls. Everyone yeah. was sweating to death. Yeah. But I would really love to see... Like Tony Awards Queens edition, where yeah. like we go out and do like something in one of the old theaters out there, if there are any, or up in the Bronx, or like just decentralize it and bring it to neighborhoods that like r- could use the business. Honestly, right. you know, after the after the award show was over, there was a spill out into like all the restaurants nearby, yeah, and like if they weren't so going to the Tony party at the theater, like there are bars and restaurants over there that you could go to to yes. like. Do all the things. I know where all
0: the bars are around there. Exactly. I know know exactly where to
1: go. And it was really, and also on top of that, and this does happen in other neighborhoods when they do it, but it was there was just something really special about it for Washington Heights because it was the first time. Yeah. Um, there were crowds of people lining the streets, watching us come in, watching everybody come in, and like like live streaming it and zooming and waving at us. It was like a Miss America pageant where we were just like, "Hello!" It was so
0: charming. It's so it's so beautiful, and it and it. You know, especially, like, for one of the biggest musicals of all time, In the Heights, to have it in the Heights is pretty epic. For sure. I mean, it's just such a great... I don't know. It's Lin-Manuel, I'm sure, had a big hand in this. He
1: did. I think he actually was the one that got the ball rolling on renovations for the United Palace. Yep, yep, yep. Did you tell me that? I forget. Maybe.
0: um, But, yes, he also did the um, Q&A before we, we saw All About Eve, and he did it. It was just so fabulous. And there's just something very wonderful about how much he gives back to his neighborhood and how much he still lives in it lives in it loves it i mean you you can't help but love it up here i'm sorry it's
1: beautiful it's
0: so fun and chill and everybody's cool and
1: vibrant when it needs to be vibrant
0: and then we've got a beautiful parks and we have things like parks and there's no tourists it's fantastic well
1: sometimes with the cloisters but like yeah but that's like artsy
0: tourists it's not like look it's it's a it's a
1: sephora yeah
0: yeah exactly (laughs) look it's olive garden but More expensive with less items. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... It's like, are y'all good in Times Square? In Times Square, like, it's like,
1: are, are you, we okay? All right. Are you
0: guys okay? I, know. I
1: always wonder that too, like, because I mean, obviously, I grew up in Pennsylvania. No, yeah, like, no, I have no room to talk. I, I'm
0: sure my, my totally. family and I did that the first time we came the first near, I'm time I'm
1: sure. we came to New York. We ate at the Applebee's on 42nd Street. Okay, there you Street. go. So, yeah. like, I I Ooh, know the
0: Applebee's. Yikes! Yeah, but I think
1: part right of time. it is part of it is like decision paralysis because there's so many choices. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. also, like, if you're not from here or haven't lived here, the only place you really know is Times Square. Yeah. And so you're like, let's spend the we, whole day there. We would do there. that. And then
0: when I came here for school that summer, and I really got to know the city, it was all over these streets. I literally like, fell in love with Little Italy so much. Like Mulberry is so gorgeous, Gorgina in the summer, spring, anytime. So we, my family, then after that, every time we come to the city, we go down to Little Italy. And there's this, Da Gennaro is our favorite spot. It's beautiful. It's like yeah. gold with glass. And, yeah. But like, if you don't know where to go for some good food, like sometimes you're going to make a, thing. But like I don't know, man. After that first time we all were just like, We will never do this again.
1: Yeah. I mean and I was also like, I think thirteen. Exactly. So, so like I, was like I a didn't child. have any say in this. It was yeah, like, that's true. Like, my parents were like, we'll go to Applebee's <laughs> It's like okay. I think um, my parents
0: tried to like go to spots like off off the beaten path like on Times Square, but it's still just like a pub that's a touristy pub.
1: One of my earliest memories of New York after that. Cause like, obviously I came when I was 13 and then I came up for my 16th birthday. Mm. Um, my aunt got me tickets to wicked and Fun. then I came back to see rent mm. and I brought like friends from high school and like, and whatever. So, um, I got to see wicked. I got to see, or oh, I got to see Hairspray, Hairspray, wicked and rent were like the wow. three that I saw when I was in high when school.
0: When that rent was on, was that the original?
1: No, it was no, Frenchie Davis and Drew Lachey. Okay. Yeah. And, it was great. I mean, I loved yeah. it. But w- I, my friend Amy and I were were up here together. I think, I think it was Amy. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. And we went to John's Pizzeria on Forty Fourth. Yeah. And we ordered some stuff or whatever. And this was like back in the cash days. This was pre debit card, right? Wow. So we were like trying to be very careful about like what we were spending. Yeah, cause what we we're still we caring too. To, right, and leave yeah. the city and whatever. And this guy who was our waiter comes over. And, you know, Amy and I, we both had jobs in high school. Sure. We both were, like, working. Yeah. And uh, so we were like, we have money. It's fine. You know, like, we had an ATM (laughs) card. We could just go take out more cash if we needed to. This is how old I am. And so this waiter comes over, and he's like, do you guys want anything else? Like, whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'll just have a coffee. And he was like, an Irish coffee? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Thinking, like, an Irish cream
0: yeah, you thought coffee it was coffee because
1: a I was sixteen. <laughs> yeah,
0: you were like, That sounds and great. Amy was,
1: like, Amy was like, That sounds coffee. good, I'll do the same. Yeah, I'll do the same thing. And so this waiter just made the assumption that like that's what we wanted. And Heavy. he brought he brought it back and took our stuff and we both like cheers our coffee and drank it out of the glass mug. And we we're like, Oh my god, it's in a glass little mug, it's so Ooh. cute. And we drank it and I was like, This doesn't taste like coffee. <laughs> And she was just like, "And it. she was like, I think there's alcohol." Oh,
0: in yes, this. there is. That's
1: and we weren't. I don't want to say we were a shit face, but we yeah. were definitely like, we just had alcohol. Oh my, like, god, oh my god, we have to drive
0: home. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're yeah. gonna die. We're...
1: Um, it was hysterical. That's so fun. It was like John's Pizzeria. Yeah, man. And yeah. Then,
0: you love, I love, man. You
1: served me alcohol when I was 16. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I'm not going to say, I'm not just going to say where, uh, but there were spots coming to film school, you know, in New York City. Well, it was acting, but yeah, Stone Street Studios Film and TV Workshop through NYU, uh, where I would go, Miles, Miles Teller's from there, Rachel Brosnahan's from there. We've got a great group of people that came out of that program. Um, and it really taught me about film and TV. Really changed my mind about whether I want to do theater I want to do film. I thought I always wanted to do theater, and then the minute I was doing film, I was like, "And I love film now. That's what I want to do." Um, hi person grading on the side of the building, but um it's fine. <laughs> the sounds of New York, you guys. They're cutting
1: the walls up. It's
0: vibrant up here. It's vibrant up. Uh, that's our. That's gonna be our slogan. Every time anything happens, like a, like a firework explodes, right, right, right. or like it's vibrant. Somebody screaming in the street, We're like it's vibrant up here. <laughs> Good or bad, it's vibes. Um, yeah, no, I mean, there were a couple places that I went and I looked like I was 10. I mean, there's no reason. I mean, I was like a little baboo, maybe not even 18. Was I 18? Yeah, 18, 19. Yeah. And it was like, they were like, yeah, just here's some wine. Go for it. I'm yeah. like, wow, but I mean, New York back then good. they weren't,
1: they weren't carding as much. Back no, then. they weren't. I mean, I had, I had a couple of places that I would go to regularly because I knew they wouldn't card. Mm-hmm. And there were like, there was like the off chance that they would.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I'd be
1: like, oh, oh, I forgot it. Oh, I I <laughs> Even though I fully had my ID in my pocket and it just said that I was 19. yeah. But, you know, mm. we would go to like try to go to the 18 and overnights like the Splash oh, yeah. used to have an 18 overnight. And mm-hmm.
0: like
1: It was a whole thing. You Splash. Got, splash, man. <clears throat> and then the stupid part about that is that you would get a wristband if you were uh, on, under 21. But yeah. then you could just take the wristband off <laughs> and still get drinks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: Good times. Good times. Good times. I love the
0: thought through of it all. I think the point is there isn't any and does they don't care.
1: No, they don't care. They're um, just going through the motions. Truly. But let's yeah, let's circumvent awesome. that conversation back to the Tony Ward WGA thing at yeah. yeah. because that was the thing that a lot of people mentioned in their speeches about right. solidarity and how there was one woman who was talking about how she was staunchly union in her family and this, that, the next thing. Love that. So Let us get an update, because I know we have one, Mm -hmm. about the situation with the WGA.
0: Yeah, well, the WGA, I can only say a little bit that it's still going on, and there's still a lot of them not working. There's still a lot of them, uh, you know, picketing as they should, as they, as is their right and as they should be. And what I, what I hate is like, with with any strike, um, and I'm I'm hoping to get out on the picket line this week, I know I will next week for sure, but... um, Mike's <clears throat> just crazy every single day just gonna even as we were sitting here like you got another job interview I got an audition I got something else going on I'm insane. like nothing ends nothing ever no. ends um, but what's cool and that's a song I made up so that's not gonna get us copyright strike yay <laughs> um, yeah so WJ I don't have too much to say other than in solidarity and that I feel for them and the fact that they are now months in or so and it's still the you know the producers are not helping or giving in or or whatever playing ball it's just like getting stupid but uh since our last episode that we recorded i believe it was right before the strike authorization these are all in different orders guys so if you're confused by that sorry about that um and i hope you enjoyed all of our episodes i mean we came out with how many like seven eight, eight now by the time this is out
1: it'll be eight
0: yeah that's hot and we have uh, we have a bunch in a the backlog. Yeah. We have so many episodes, you guys, and we're really excited because everyone's responses have been like, you guys are crazy and we funny. Crazy. And my also dad like, loves it. Yeah. Your dad <laughs> love that. Your dad <laughs> loves this.
1: That's awesome. I know it feels so out of character.
0: Yeah, no, but I love that. Same. That's thing. That's brilliant. Um, but yeah, so for, for, so since the last episode, uh, the SAG members voted, uh, to strike authorize if at the end of our deliberations, that's the end of this month, the 30th, if we don't like what we're doing, what they're doing and we don't like how it's going, we gonna strike. So, uh, we got the votes. It was pretty epic. Like I made my video like hail Mary at the end. Like I was really trying to get as many people cause really I can, I can make that video in the beginning. I can make it a weekend or I can make it the day. This happening and that's when people really pay attention i hate that about humans but that's what we do I know. it's what we do it's yeah. what we do I've, I've done crowdfunding stuff that's what happens i've well, i was
1: gonna say that happens with like ticket sales stuff mm-hmm. and stuff too like working in like marketing press pr stuff yeah. too it's like you have like a two to three week window for press releases and other social media obviously bigger press things that require a pitch is a bigger window but yeah. like the the long and short of it all with press is like you have two weeks
0: you literally and that last
1: week is a big push because people make up their mind the day before, two days before they do like, there's no or plan. they're like,
0: Oh shit, that's today. What do I do? You know? Right, and it's yeah. like, I, so I made that video on my Instagram. That's at Sarah seeds. And I did like a, a video, um, just about how it's very important to vote. Yes. Cause it's it, for a number of reasons. It shows the solidarity of our group. It shows that we're coming in the room all on the same page. It shows that we are not going to, uh, just take a bad agreement, um, and that we're here in solidarity, both as our union, Screen Actors Guild of American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, and with the WGA, the Writers Guild of America. So uh, we won the vote, and it was 98%. It was like point. I think it was 97.7. 7. 7. Yeah, or something. 7 FM, yeah. 97.7 point seven. Kiss FM. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> 97.7. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Kiss FM! <laughs> um... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so. Oh, no, not that. <laughs> anyway, I don't, I don't know what's going on. That was a sloppy kiss. That's sloppy kiss FM. Um, 97 point. Um, but anyway, so we got the vote really, really strongly. And what I will say is um, something that I did um, on the last day when I made that video, um, I kept like on my DMs on my Instagram, a lot of people were DMing me questions like what, wait, why should I vote though? Yes. And I was like, let's talk. And I would do voice memos with them like continuously through, uh, my DMS. I mean, there was a couple of people that, um, literally didn't know anything about it. They thought that immediately if they voted yes, we went on strike now. And you know, it's very been, I thought it's been very clear that that's not what's happening, but people still thought that. So I was happy to tell them, I was like, no, 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 this is like the whole idea of this is so we don't have to. Because if we continue this trend of like how the producers are treating us, like they're treating the writers, we will have to. So why don't we preemptively come in with a big stick and say, hey, we're going to do it unless you do this. So anyway, it was to prevent it. So I'm so glad it passed. Um, we got a large chunk of the of the body voted, um, which never is the case in elections and or you know, union voting stuff. I mean, I don't know that what the pre- sucks
1: too. I, I mean, know, it's so annoying equity also. It's always like 3% of the body votes. And it's oh like, my guys, God. how do you expect anything? We had, we done? had about
0: 50% of the body, yeah. which is I don't, huge. I made that number up. I don't actually know what it is. No, but, no, no. But you know. the average for SAG after, I think for like just saying yes to our contracts or whatever in within us are like 20%, you know what I mean? And it's like, that sucks. I mean, what is the, the U S election is what? Like 30, 40% votes.
1: Even worse.
0: It's fucking bad.
1: Yeah. Well, and and to, like. What really Stupid. makes me LOL about the whole thing is that like those are the percentages. I don't know what, actually what equities is. Yeah. But then the people who don't vote are always the ones who are bitching Yelling. about things not changing. This and is it's ridiculous. Like,
0: Why it's like, is right, this Right. Well, happening? did you vote?
1: Okay. Great. Well, then maybe do that next time. Um, and that just like is such an LOL to me. It's like oh god. Like yeah. It's like please, of course you're the one stop. who's angry.
0: Like you're also the one who didn't participate and i understand there's like a level of um especially when it comes to our country there's a level of disenfranchisement when it comes to voting and i understand that but um i personally feel from my perspective and i can only speak on that that if you're not going to participate then you've given away your rights already like uh, of all the things of all the things that already are taken from you why not just adding to the please just add just try to do the one thing that you're given
1: Yeah, well, and I think the (coughs) other thing that is confusing, and I don't know why, to people in Actors' Equity, and I don't know if this is true for SAG as well, but for some reason I found that a lot of people are under the impression that it is Equity's job as a union to make sure that they're working. No. And it's like, no, not at all. Never it, once have they. When ever... you're working
0: under their contracts, you're protected.
1: Right, and that's I mean, the point. I had I had a friend or two work in the contract office at Equity, mm-hmm. and they were one of those people that were like, "Oh, Equity cares that you're working," and they went and worked in the contract office for like six months, and they were like, "No one there gives a shit if you're working." I was like, "Of course they don't. Yeah. It's a union. It doesn't matter if you're working. What matters is that when you are working, you're protected." Yes. And like I'm sure
0: they I know inside am they want you to work this that's why those free things that are of thing but like the job of a union is not to always They're I mean not at least for this one yeah at least for this like it's not like a a job board down at the um what do you call it like uh, like a a local whatever down at the dock where they want you to sign up to get work or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like like a, down at the dock, tra- the federation. Sitting I don't know what it's on
1: the dock. Of the bay. <laughs> I'm
0: just thinking about the wire season two. I don't know how to vocalize what yeah, I'm saying. No, but- I know
1: what you mean, but but, it,
0: but it's like. Like they want us to work, but it's like that's not really the job. The job is we're paying these dues and these fee- and these things, so our contracts are elevated. So we have lawyers protecting us. So we have um, things in place to protect us. That's yeah. literally the point.
1: Well, and and equity has always treated the the body as a privilege to be a part of, which it is. Mm-hmm. However, they've also treated it at the same time as if though it was merit based. Oh. And I think that is such a dangerous conversation yeah. to have within a union because it is not, again, like we've had this we've conversation Yeah, um, and I don't want to repeat myself, yeah. but it is not the union's job to make sure that the creatives are getting the best people. It is the creative's job to make sure that they're, they're getting the best themselves people. the right people. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just think that they, that too many people in the industry lean on the union to solve all their problems when really it's just, yeah. I went
0: to, a, I think I went to a, uh, a meeting back when they were in person. They're back now, um, but uh, some of the some of the New York uh, meetings for Seg like after local and it's huge. We fill up the whole theater, and we talk. Um, and some of the complaints on the mic, literally, this girl came up and sorry, girl, if you're hearing this, uh, but literally came up and was like, "I do background work," and I'm like, "Cool." She's like, "This is what I do," and there's a lot less work for people with picture cars. There's a lot less work for cars of this kind and the union's like okay we'll just go call every creative and make sure they make a 1980s uh show for you so you can use your car more like that's not what this is like no, are you serious oh what does God. that have to do with anything like you're calling you're coming to our local meeting where we need to bring up stuff we're seeing on sets where we need to bring up like things that i think our healthcare plan needs to adapt or bringing up uh you know let's talk about uh ways to improve uh all these things but not my work is less with my 80s car. What's up with that? And the union was like, well, we aren't in charge of who makes anything. Right. I'm not your agent. We're, we're, I'm right. not
1: the casting director. Also,
0: I'm not, not the, the showrunner of the deuce. I'm sorry that, you know, they don't want your car. Like, You know what I mean? Like, it's like. Yeah. it's one thing to complain like there needs to be like there's not enough background work there needs to be more sag after actors on sets and stuff like that sure you can bring that up but that's really dependent on how many shows are happening and honestly there's yeah. so many so many shows happening so it's not really well a thing.
1: and i correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like with the strike of it all and depending on how long negotiations yeah. go there's going to be a huge bump in need for content yes and so there will be a huge bump in job availability yeah which is great also i'm glad you brought up the deuce yeah. Because I don't know if we've ever had this conversation, Mm-mm. but the deuce is one of the reasons why I was like doing a hard left turn into TV in 2019. Oh yeah.
0: I, I did, didn't know about this. I
1: did a day on set for okay. the deuce. I was featured background. Yes. Cause I was like dick out fully naked.
0: <gasps> oh, one of the gays. The sp- whole day. Yeah. One of the characters is so awesome. And it's like, yeah. it's but like I wasn't like in, in a gay scene. I was oh. in like,
1: th- it was like this football locker room gangbang scene with a cheerleader. Oh,
0: you were in a, you were in one of the scenes for the movies. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Fully naked work. And, um, (laughs) it was such a fun day. And Mm -hmm. I will tell you like, um, Alicia Rodas, who's like the intimacy coordinator for HBO. And she was like the first pioneering the way for others. She was there and like, what a queen. And, uh, I mean, it was just the best experience I could have possibly had on set. And I made more money in a day than I did in a month at that time, and I was like, "I gotta go. I can't keep doing this shit. I Mm -hmm. need to." So, like, what I did that summer is I saved up a bunch of money, paid to have a reel done, and started auditioning for TV and film, and immediately got a a short film, which is still on Hulu. I had no idea the guy who directed it was South by Southwest winner, work and. Like I don't look these things up. I'm just like, cool day on set. Cool. I'm I get yep. to be a, a feature principal player on a short short film. Yeah. And I get there, and the the woman playing opposite of me is like, "Do you know who this guy is?" I was like, "No, I saw his name was like whatever." And she's <laughs> like, "He won South by Southwest." And I was Work. like. Cool. I think I know what that is. Yeah. What, it's a what is that? For whatever yeah. reason, I thought it was like a BMX thing.
0: Oh my! God.
1: <laughs> I was like, cool. Cool. He
0: won. Bites. BMX. <laughs> he's, he's Tony Hawk bro skater. Because I
1: was such an idiot, I was so new and I didn't know what to do. And amazing. that day was like such a crash course on being on set. Not even just like, right. Like reset back to one, all that stuff I already knew. But yeah, like sure. it was, it was more so that Checking we yeah. that we were doing like stunts we were doing green screen yeah. we were doing like like reshoots of stuff like and in someone's home in Brooklyn wow. like it was so many different elements oh, that you so many don't movie always movie get in a film shoot and mm-hmm. like the green screen thing was so cool and they were CGIing the floor so that like burned up and fell out from underneath us and like I had to do this backwards fall onto a <gasps> mat a bunch of times like it was so fun that's so fun and like didn't make a whole lot of money doing it. Doesn't matter. It's like immortalized on Hulu in like the yeah. uh, the what is it? The bite sized Halloween series. of season one, and uh, it was the most fun I've ever had. And I was like, "This is the right choice. Like, I want to do this all yeah. the time. This is so fun." Yeah. And then COVID hit. Yeah. And I, I was know. like, "Oh shit." Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like ah <laughs> shenanigans.
1: And that derailed everything. But it, I I know what you're saying by like, you know, the whole when you were talking about being. At NYU and and making that transition from oh, yeah. it's theater to TV, it's something clicked.
0: Something and clicked. it wasn't
1: just the paycheck. The paycheck helped, but is
0: good. it was
1: it was just like the organization and the the way that everything is choreographed from the director to the intimacy coordinator sure. to the props person to everything. All the all the
0: moving pieces that are, uh, you know, not uh, what I love too is like film and television can take a pause. You know, we're not doing this live, so we can just take a minute and we can reset. We can have our energy conserved, right? I mean, even though we're doing long hours, even though we're doing, like, incredible things, it's just such a varied experience. And what I love, too, is although you do it once, you do it twice, you do it three times a lady, whatever, how many takes you do – and then you walk away and you never do it again, but it's forever yeah. because it's it's been filmed. And
1: that has always been my gripe with theater because I have done some really good work that I was really proud of. I know really you have. Of, Live theater is astounding. And I have nothing to show for it.
0: I feel the same way, dude. My whole life, I uh, since I was like seven, I did theater. Then regional. Then I was doing like big productions in, in Richmond. Come up, came up to D.C. Did a couple things in college. I don't have any footage of anything. Nothing. I have photographs of me then. I have things like that, and it was such a magical beautiful experience but i can't i other than a memory i can't really take it with me whereas like some little shorts i did when i first got here i was like in a music i was like the girl in the music video for like a band um socialist pirates love them and um it was such a great experience but i can go find it and watch and be like hell yeah 20 yeah 22 year old seeds with her whip out and going crazy like work sis like or then like i'm like In one scene, I'm, like, the goody good girl because he's fantasizing about me in all these different ways. But I'm, like, owning them as opposed to being, like, a damsel. So it's really cool. Uh, And, like, one, I'm, like, a dominatrix. One, I'm, like, walking through the park really cute. One, I'm, like, on the subway just, like, chilling. You know, it's, like, really interesting. And it was one of of the first things I shot. Um, You know, and here's, like, little 22-year-old, 21-year-old CD and uh, just, like, having a blast. And I've filmed so many things, so many things since. But it's, like, that is that feeling where you're, like, regardless of what happens like i'll have this
1: yeah people will
0: have this to look at there's
1: so many i'm just like as you're talking i'm like thinking about shows in my head that i'm so proud of that i wish i had anything for i mean that poster on my wall behind you that show rooms i mean i was 22 23 years old yeah and it was a two-person musical that was 90 minutes long (sighs) it was from the top of my range to the bottom of my range i had to learn how to do a scottish accent and play guitar Wow. and it was wild and i was so proud of it and i was just like so into it it was a little black box no one was coming to it mm-hmm. and i did everything i could to try and get butts in seats i was doing radio interviews that the artistic director had no idea i was doing because i was just emailing people during you're the just day. like doing it
0: i love that i was, ju- I was my
1: own press agent back you were hustling <laughs> i was but i have nothing to show for it i have some photos
0: that's what I mean. That's it's a it. shame because it doesn't mean it didn't. It absolutely happened.
1: Right. But then you also get into the trap where no one has this, right? Like nobody no has one. access to digital media of anything they've ever done. So you were just giving everyone the benefit of the doubt that they were brilliant because they're proud of it. So like I could have been total shit. I don't know. But I'm like, you know, jerking myself off over mm-hmm. here being like, I was amazing. I wish I had video and I could watch it <laughs> back sure and be were. like, oh, no um I i'm was. sure you were I yeah was. you were but um, I
0: tell. <laughs> <laughs> i just know thank
1: yeah. you yeah. but um i i just wish that i had something you know yeah, I, it's one of the reasons why i chose to write a book instead of doing something else because you can print that i can hold it in my hand yeah these are 230 some pages of something that i have made myself and for same thing with tv film like you're talking about going back and looking at the archives of the things that you've done yeah you're able to do that i can And I love that. And I I really chock
0: full of like six things each just comedy just everything. And I, and drama. And it's like, and I also have the full files of all of them and I can watch them on Amazon. I can watch them on whatever. And the ones that I wasn't particularly obsessed with, even though they're on Amazon and that's fine, girl, the money for me. Like, but it's, it's interesting to me. It's like exactly right. It's like, and it, it sucks growing up to know, doing so much theater. And I know you did the same thing. I did so much theater like from 7 to whatever. And like some of these casts were like unparalleled. Like you you became a family, right? And like you said some you keep in touch, you know. Yeah, uh, a lot of my a lot of my friends growing up in the theater scene in Richmond, I'm still very close with some yeah. of them, you know. Not all of them, but just some, you know. And it meant a lot cuz some of these shows, although no matter how good or bad they were, mostly they were good, I feel. Uh we created a family, we created a, like a a whole thing, and I don't have anything from it other than photographs.
1: Yeah, well, and, and there's two two points I want to make. First of all, like, to the family and bond that you create during theater, like, you know, and I'm only bringing this up because today is the 18-year anniversary of the death of a friend of mine who mm. I grew up doing theater with, and her dad is still a good friend of mine, so is her mom. Um, Kristen Troxell, I did theater with her growing up, and she was hit by a train when she was 19. and. Uh, oh my
0: God god
1: yeah it was really bad it was a terrible accident and there are now you know train rails that go down to where that was at because there weren't before and you uh, know she was such a, a talent that i looked up to as a kid growing up with her and doing theater with her and then becoming friends with her and and you know like seeing her a week before it happened and like it was all this weird shit that happened after she died too like i saw her once in her old apartment after she died it really was so
0: what do you mean
1: um, it was New Year's and okay. I was and you were home. in her apartment? I was in her apartment because I'm still friends with her old roommate. Okay. Uh, her name's Rainey. And she and I were having a little party at their apartment with a bunch of our mutual friends. And I was sitting in her old bedroom on her bed at the end of the hall on the phone with one of my friends in New York, just mm-hmm. like, happy new year, blah, 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 blah. And I saw this girl walk out of the bathroom into the kitchen, which was right next to each other. Yeah. So it was like a five or six foot span between the two doors. Yeah. And this girl was wearing a pair of jeans and a white top with red flowers on it, like little red flowers and a little like crew neck. And I didn't recognize her like as someone that I knew, like Mm -hmm. looked familiar, but I didn't like couldn't pin who it was. And so I hung up the phone and I walked down the hall and I looked in the kitchen and I was like, everyone was wearing dark colors, like solid solids. No one was wearing a floral print at all. And I said something. I was like, you guys, I think I just saw Kristen. And they were like, that's not funny. Yeah. And I got screamed at and whatever. (gasps) So I kept it to myself. I didn't talk about it ever again until years later. Mm. uh, I think this was when I was having cancer treatment. I went for coffee with her sister and her brother-in-law. And I was like, guys, I want to tell you something that I've never told anyone before Mm -hmm. since it happened. And I just want I just feel like I need to say it. Yeah. And so I told them what happened and both of them were like sheet white. They were like, that shirt is what they found her in. <gasps> and I was like, shut the fuck up. And so Ugh. then they started telling me all the things that have happened to them since.
0: Oh, wow.
1: It was wild. Um, but Ugh. only bringing this up to, first of all, just say her name and make it yes. important. Cause Kristen Troxell was a fucking talented Hell woman, yeah. who belt her face off. Damn. And, uh, you know that's just so young so young and that's part of like living in i mean earth but also like the families that you create like it's super special yes and then again like when something like that happens you don't have anything to show for it like there's such so little of her that exists because we didn't have the technology for one and two you can't really yeah
0: so the it's man.
1: it's just like there's a lot of reasons why i think that we need to push in the actors union in theater to like allow filming beyond archival yes because like i like it would be nice to just have something you know my friend peter who passed right before COVID hit like he you know there's not a whole lot of archive stuff of his and he's done things that are major that like people saw right you know i have rehearsal footage of him and whatnot but <clears throat> you know, we need to move into the digital age, but it's important to that point, And I don't want to harp on this too badly because it's, it's sad. Yeah. Um, but I saw a TikTok the other day that I wanted to ask you about on purpose when we had this, because it has to do with the d- WGA and strike and writers and okay. everything else. So this guy, I forget what his name is. doesn't matter. He was talking about how getting a second job as a writer shouldn't, isn't a thing. And I was like, just the way that... I might explain it wrong, and and I will preemptively say I'm sorry if I'm painting this in the wrong way. But he was talking about how you know oh people are like oh writers they get like fifty thousand dollars for 10 weeks of work or whatever but then like he was like yeah but then you might not work for another while and like yes you can't just go get another job because you have to sit at home and you have to write sample scripts for other things that you're applying for jobs for. i was like yes
0: it's a very difficult
1: that is true it is difficult but that doesn't mean you can't go get another job no i know so many writers who have second jobs and he kind of was like i don't think you like i don't think you know, second jobs for writers is the is the flex that you think it is. I was like, or instead of uh, getting fair Who pay, says it's a flex. Well, he he was saying like, I don't think saying getting a second job instead of having fair pay is the flex you think it is. I was like, it's not a flex, mm-hmm. man. Like, by all means, pay them fairly. Mm-hmm. However, it's actors do this too, and I'm bringing this up because the woman that I filmed that uh, Halloween short with had this same kind of mentality where if you get a second job to like you know survive, sure. <clears throat> that people in the industry who might see you in that second job mm. will never see you or take you seriously mm. in the field that you actually want to be wow. in. Okay. That was her mentality. Okay. His mentality was more so you can't do it mm. because the time doesn't allow for it. Okay. And I call bullshit for one, because like you have to pay your bills. You're not going to pay your bills by sitting at a computer all day. Right. Writing sample scripts. Right. Like, yeah, if that's if that's the path you want to take instead of creating your own thing to produce on your own and you need to send in sample scripts for writing jobs. Cool. Amazing. You should do that. Right. But the idea that you're doing that 24 hours a day and you cannot physically go get a job to make money. I don't think that's true.
0: Yeah. I I feel like that's such a subjective thing.
1: Well, and the gag of it all, too, before we get into this, is that he was a lawyer. And, and was, you know, quote unquote, an aspiring writer. So he's, he has a day job and is also an aspiring writer. So he's, He's and I was like, I was like, so you have a job as a lawyer. Well, this
0: brings us back to the literal topic of our podcast, of our whole thing is how to be a rich bitch. Right. If you, if you're going to look down on somebody for having a job, shut the fuck up. Go for real. Yourself. Truly, truly. Because, um,
1: it's that it's just, it's, it so took me a
0: long time to, you know, get to a point where I wasn't having to do as many things. Also. Um, that's a, that's a luxury and, a and it's a privilege truly. Yeah. I think it's also hard work, but it's not, but it, you could work your ass off and that doesn't happen. So right.
1: But also like you still in the do. And I
0: still, but not, that's my point. So then, yeah. And then you can go into, uh, the world where no one's seeing me do anything but acting. But I can I can produce things and make money off that. I can do my private pitch deck business. I can do um, certain things that are still artistically enriching that people aren't actually looking down on. That g- gave me stuff, but that was not why I did them. I just wanted right. to stay creative, be in this field, and make money, lots of money. And that's the whole goal. Uh, without without it cutting into my acting, without it cutting in, and it doesn't. So my point is is like, it's all subjective. I'm lucky that I even have that to have that to have the clients I do for certain things or to. Ha- have my hand into certain things at a certain level for productions or at a certain as a writer too i've been in a few writers rooms and i get i do get hired as a writer sometime and get paid to write a children's series and stuff like that all that stuff's happening but all that's because i took it took years of me being in this industry and and working and having to having a day job yeah. and da, 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 da so i think it's a luxury that you don't have to do that i find it nice now that today is really my day i just made it work for me. Yeah. Um, because I'm fine. Uh that's only happened because I figured out how to be my own boss, but also it took me years of working for someone else or having a day job, you know, to, to to transition into that. And like again, not everyone can make that transition because life's crazy. Yeah. And also we live in the we're in the arts and especially for theater. And you know, it's like it's not given as a writer too. I'm sure it's it's so uh I can't speak on as as a writer, but I can only speak like in the arts field. These are transient things. We book these things, and then they're there, and then they're not. And like in the meantime, in the between time, if you have the money squirreled away and you can just do that, and maybe do like consulting on the side or whatever, great, good yeah, for you. Great. But that's not everyone's story. So I really don't understand. I, to me, it's so not cut and dry. It's like another. Another area where someone wants to say it's either this, you have to have a second job or you don't have a second job. It's good to have one. It's bad to have one. Well, How about it's just, it just is what you have to it do. It is what
1: it is. Right. And well, it's also it's not the
0: best experience ever. I'm sure a lot of people are like, I don't want to work at Starbucks. I want to just be an actor. Right. Sure. That's fucking sucks. I'm sorry. Right. But
1: then this always comes, this comes back to the, the point that I always make about when I was writing my book, I had a desk job and, and I sat at that desk it. and on my downtime I would write and it took me a year But I wrote that book in a year and was effectively paid to do so because I was at work while I was doing it. And so it's just kind of like I I think the idea of like, oh, you can't have a job if you want to effectively be a writer is just reductive.
0: Right. I'm going to be devil's advocate for one thing and I don't agree with this person at all. So let me just be clear. Okay, Something I did was I never did when I was first starting out background or stand and work on a show that I wanted to be a principal on. Maybe I would do stand-in, maybe back in the day. But I wanted to so be on certain shows that I felt like if I was too, like if I became, I never wanted to be core background back in the day because that meant that like, and a lot of people kill for that and like power to them. But I don't want to be viewed as like the background actor who is in all these scenes. And then when they're auditioning for the co-star slash guest star, they're like, wait, that's that girl that's always in like every scene. Like that's not a good idea to me. That's something I decided not to. But it wasn't because I didn't want to be viewed as like, whatever i just i'm in the same exact space with other actors i don't want them to get to know me as someone in the background yeah that's something i've done
1: well and i i don't that i can understand i don't think that that's devil's advocate i just think that is setting your own plan and intention for what you want but am
0: i damning other people and saying you can't do that nope and guess what i have friends that have done stand-in work on many shows they live they're literal living as stand-in and stuff and they've gotten a couple co-stars on shows because guess what the cast loves them everyone knows who they are and they and they sometimes give them just the. they give them one they're like you know what fuck yeah. it you're amazing we know you're an actor so here you go and like so great see it works out so i, I just don't think it's i think it's so subjective
1: it is and it's also just like it, irresponsible it's just to like, say something like that too w- yes because it reeks of privilege like yeah like oh so you can afford to live your whole life
0: yeah without a, without with not a- with
1: no job and just write sample scripts until you land something Okay, good for you. Okay,
0: trust fund child. That's
1: great. And yeah. and like you know what? Whatever that person's financial situation is, Lit. which is obviously great. better than anyone because they're a lawyer. Power to
0: them. Like
1: good, great, do that. But then don't impress that upon other people right. because then you're that not just the, right. The ba- that just the scares them this. into you're moving the, forward. Yeah,
0: you're not the norm. Like no, just don't act like it.
1: Don't pretend like your norm is everyone's norm. Like yeah. that's like I've had bosses do that in the past where they kind of make it seem like they their way was the way to go, right. but then there's a whole lot of branches around that of privilege that are like, oh, but actually you could afford to do that that mm-hmm. way because you had x y and z circumstances that you could of course you of course would have been okay if it went if it went wrong yeah and i've had that conversations with conversation with people in the past where it's like you know what it doesn't matter to you if this doesn't work because you will be fine yep my circumstances are not like that and so therefore i am approaching this from a different way sure and i was thinking about this the other day the the difference between having to work Mm -hmm. and working yeah like if you work just because you work and that's just like a thing to do. Like I have friends who have money and they don't need to work, but they do it because like they, you know, they want something to do. Yeah. That's one thing. But if you work, because if you don't, you'll starve to death. Like sure. you are approaching that from a different perspective. Or
0: if you work, uh, you know, to create a nest egg for yourself to yeah. create and again, more that, wealth, that like whatever your reasonings like, are that's your life.
1: Totally. And that comes down to like the intention and plan. Right. Where it's like you were like, okay, so for these particular shows, I don't want to do this because X, Y, and Z. Yep. 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 And I think a lot of times creatives of all and my kinds. my agents agreed.
0: I mean, I talked to yeah. my team too. I'm like, <clears> hi, <throat> agent, West Coast agent, East Coast agent. You know, what do you guys feel about blah, blah, blah? Like, this is how I feel about it. And they're like, no, I think that's a really great way to go about it because you don't want to be known for this and that. Yeah, you know?
1: Well, and, and for people who maybe don't have a team or an agent or whatever, like, it's just, it it really is just about being intentional.
0: Yeah, Like, decide
1: what you want. What do you want? Because, again, what I was, was going to say is, like, I feel like, artists and creatives of all types of industry get wrapped up in this whole like, okay, I want to do this. So I have to do everything. And I need to do it and I need to do it right now. Scarcity, scarcity. And I've been there. And
0: scarcity I, and shame. It's yes. either like scarcity where like I need to do everything or shame. Like I don't even want to go near that. Cause that's not acting. Well,
1: and, and there you were have to have a hundred percent. And there were some jobs that I took, as an actor doing theater that I definitely shouldn't have taken, but I right. took because I was like, well, I get to say that I'm doing a show mm. and it's like the shame of not being booked in something. Yeah.
0: Shame and it's, and it's fear. the scarcity
1: of like, well, I have this job here and so I should take that because what if I don't book something else for the next couple months? You know, And those two things played... And now, granted, I've met people on those contracts that I'm still friends with and I have amazing relationships right, with. Right, so it's worth it. So but it was worth it in that sense.
0: Everything that is worth it, I believe. It's just that if, if you're leading with fear and scarcity, right, it's not going to work the same way something leading with love.
1: And I wouldn't trade those friends, but the thought of if I wouldn't have taken that job, what other people would I have met? Mm-hmm. Instead, that maybe I'd be in a different place. Mm. Not that either is worth more than the other. It's just a different...
0: It's just a different path. Yeah, um, yeah and, no... That's
1: but, my sorry. No, no, I was just gonna say, but but to the point of the guy that I'm talking about on TikTok. Yeah, I want to hear more about this. Yeah, and the woman that I was uh working with, like the idea that if you were a bartender at a popular restaurant that mm-hmm. theater people go to, and you know they see you as the bartender there, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't possibly be able to see you as something else. I just like that's so like I've
0: fuck them if they I've do. done
1: catering events at theater events. You know what? No one's looking at the cater waiters. No. And, like, I can say this definitively because I've been on both sides of it. Yeah. I have been the cater waiter. I have been the bartender. Yeah. The second they walk away from your tray or your bar, they have forgotten what your face looks like. Yep. You're not the focus. Yep. And I think that a lot of us would do better, myself included, if we all reminded ourselves that no one is watching you the way that you think everyone's watching right. you. Right. So, like, making mistakes isn't real because no one is really paying attention to them. I
0: have a fun story. Um, Please. uh, This is a legendary dope New Yorker kind of story, which I love. Um, One of my mentors, Jim Kerr, which I really need to see again really soon... He's uh, a DJ, uh, he's famous, uh, rock DJ in New York City, started in Detroit, came over to New York. He's so awesome. Him and Howard Stern had their like fight or whatever, but then when he won the Radio Hall of Fame everything, Howard Stern was like, you know what, that's my do- that's my dude right there, we- we've been fighting for years, but I love him, I love Jim Kerr. So Jim Kerr's an af- a fabulous dude, and I actually met him when I was a waitress um, at an Upper East Side bar when I first moved to the city, and he's the one who told me to join the union once I was eligible, and all this other stuff, best advice ever completely got involved and changed my whole life now his story though is so fun because he said one of his favorite bartenders for like years at this one bar that he would go to all the time his favorite bartender was Bruce Willis favorite bartender of all time and Bruce Willis was constantly bartending up until he booked the lead and I believe Moonstruck like not Moonstruck uh Moonlighting? I can't remember what it's called, but like the lead in the in a in a series, and then was bartending again and then booked Die Hard. And then it was and then it was gone. But he was doing it all the way up until then and everyone loved him. He used the bar as his like performance. He used the bar as his like he was getting to know everyone. He was learning people's ticks. He was learning how like act like as an actor, the more people that you, you know, you meet, the more people that you know, the better you can play them.
1: So he was a bartender, um, at a place called Roberts on Tenth and Fiftieth. Yep. I want to look up. There was someone. I think it was Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Who was a bartender at the place that I was a bartender at. Yeah. Hang on a bit. I want to look this up. But yeah,
0: but it was such a cool story because he was like, yeah, and then that was our bartender Bruce. Bartender Bruce, and he's a cool guy. Everyone loved him. Outgoing, super dope. And then one day he was like, yeah, guys, I booked it. I booked something. I'm going to be gone. And then he came back after that was, thing was over. And then he, then he was gone, gone after he booked like bigger stuff. But that didn't stop him from, like, I know that, like, and everyone came in that bar, you know? So if you're charismatic, if you're talented, I think just being yourself is the way to be. And if it involves having a day job, great. I hated when they showed um, that actor from uh, the Bill Cosby show bagging groceries remember a few years back and they were just like slamming him for like bagging bagging, like oh wow oh gary coleman Mm, it wasn't gary coleman it's from the it wasn't him it was one of the it's it's the guy who dated um i think it was not denise one of his daughters he married one of his daughters i can remember his name from the show on the huxtables um but he was basically bagging groceries and Everyone was like, wow, that's sad. Wow. And he's like, guys, you don't realize like residuals are in blah, blah. But he's like, but I'm retired and I, and I like to work. And then it's also making me extra money. Why do you feel bad for me? And like, just relax. Like, I think there's just so much judgment and fear. I think it's really not anyone's call. I think it's like whatever you want to do. Yeah. Cause I think the, the true way to become a rich bitch is like not defining yourself by the, how other people see you. Because that's literally what that guy's saying, right? He's saying how people see you define your work on that right because they're gonna say i don't see you as this i think i think that's what
1: the i think that's what the actress was saying okay i think the writer was just saying that it's not possible to have a second job when you're trying to write sample scripts for writing jobs sure so how do
0: you write when you're homeless next to a barrel like with, (laughs) with kerosene and fire Right, if you I just, it just I don't didn't really make, understand that.
1: It just didn't make sense. I'd and have I to watch like, this. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send you the video. Yeah. Um, and I, we had a little comment back and forth, but I was like, <gasps> oh. it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't real, real drama. It was just like him trying to be like, nah, man, you're wrong. I was like, but I know writers. Yeah. Like, I mean, Misha's a great example. Yeah. You know, she still works. Yeah. And, but like, she also has a writing job, so yeah. she doesn't have to right now. So
0: sometimes, yeah, sometimes I'll be in a writer's room. And I still do other, all my acting stuff, but I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy writing. So I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm not in the guild though. And I don't think Nisha is, but I'm not in the guild. And I don't know if he's saying as a writer's guild member, like if you're in on a project, sure, you don't have time, but like in between, I'm just right. Confused. It's the
1: in between that he was talking about. I just don't get it, man. I don't either. It Maybe was he so just weird. doesn't have time.
0: Maybe he doesn't, he just doesn't have time. Great. Cool.
1: Well, I mean, being a lawyer and everything, being a lawyer and everything, you know, all that, sure. m- all that money. I wouldn't have
0: time, I guess, if I was I guess, a lawyer slash writer.
1: <laughs>
0: again, it seems like it's so subjective and it seems like to blanketly say anything is wrong, in my opinion.
1: Well, and that's also why I blanket statement. A lot of love these that. <laughs> love that, love the meta of it all. Yeah. A lot that's of these cool. like coaches online that are specific to actors or whatnot, like, mm-hmm. you know, like you're giving advice based on a blanket statement on your experience but if your experience isn't like the same as the person you're talking to then like that advice is going to be different
0: yeah and i've coached people before in terms of their acting and all all i do is i try to take their position and what they have what are their strengths what are their weaknesses what is their family life like what is their whatever and then create like a very possible situation where they're able to be successful well
1: i mean and coaching like career coaching that's what i mean Oh, okay.
0: That's what I'm talking about. I like, thought you
1: meant like acting coaching.
0: Well, career coaching. Right. Com- completely that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing that uh, for um, a writer in LA and then an actress in New York. And just, I don't, I don't have time to take anymore and I won't. And I will yeah. when I feel like it. Um,
1: no, but the person, there's one person. But I'm everything is out.
0: different. Everyone's different. Is That's what I mean. It's like, I can't blanketly say what worked for me, but I can say what worked for me and then see if they are applying that and how is that working for them. And also like what they're finding, what I'm currently finding in our lexicon well
1: and i also think it's very again and this comes down to rich bitch mentality of like no nepo babies but like there's a couple people in particular that i'm thinking of who are coaches who are actors Mm -hmm. who had full-time acting careers and now they're coaches for actors
0: Yeah,
1: but they come from incredibly wealthy families okay
0: yeah
1: and so why would someone who does not have that experience listen to you right because you have a monetary advantage, but I'm assuming you also have a connection advantage.
0: Right.
1: You know, like I don't want career advice from someone who grew up in a multimillion dollar family who could just buy their way into the mm-hmm. industry. You or know, and, and unfortunately, an we're, with them. Right. Like unfortunately, we're in a world now more more than ever that everything is pay for play. Yeah. And so, like, you do have to have money to do things, but like, let's be yeah. transparent about that. Right. I'm okay with it. Just no, don't, that's f- all just I'm don't asking. fuck with me. Like, like, this person, I feel like these people that I'm thinking about should just come out and say, like, listen, my family owns this m- massive conglomerate. They invented it Yeah. and they have boatloads of money. And mm-hmm. this has been my experience. And I'm telling you about it. And if you find value from it, great if you want to be a client, pay me X amount of money and yeah. I'll do it. And, but like, no one's going to do that because the rags to riches story is so much more interesting.
0: Oh, it is. Yeah, that's true. I'm
1: bored. I'm bored, bored to death.
0: Bored to death of it. Just
1: tell me the fucking truth. I'm, ti- yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired of like this industry veil mm-hmm. of like the idea of like, Oh, they are overnight success. Oh, they, they made it on their own. Oh, they came from Soma nothing.
0: Trailer. Well, I actually had a phone call with somebody who's an actor who is trying to figure out financially how to balance, you know, and they called me and and just had some questions about like what, like how do what am I doing or whatever. And the problem with some of the problem with it sometimes is that I can't tell them to make their own business to make blank. I can't tell them to do this or that because a lot of those are skill sets that I just have. You know what I mean? Like I can I can say to them this is where this is, this is where it ha- is helpful is like well what do you do creative or what do you do something that that you're good at that's like something you just enjoy that you could actually monetize. Right,
1: right. Well, yeah. and it's. I think again, it comes back to that whole scarcity, like yeah. anxi- anxiety you don't around need scarcity. Me to tell
0: you what to do, I think you you need to you need to ask yourself, what do I love doing? What do I enjoy doing? And what right. I am I proud enough of myself and 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 uh, believe enough in myself have uh, rich bitch mentality to where I can I can put it up there, but for a fee.
1: Yeah. Well, and and the other the point I was going to make is like the the anxiety around scarcity. Is really just looking at other people and what they're doing and wondering why you're not doing it when really what you should be doing is looking at what you are doing and figuring out a way to make money doing that.
0: Yes, because everyone is so different for me to just say, do this and that. Yes, I can say this production company do this or maybe as an actor, like make sure this and that is that. Be on these websites, blah, 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 blah. But like when it really comes down to it, you know, it's I'm booking stuff because it I'm booking it, or it's something I've created for myself, an avenue I've created for myself. And like creating yourselves, y- your avenues for yourself is so empowering. And like that's literally that's so all it is. Like
1: and, and so
0: blanket statements to me are so stupid. So
1: stupid. And this comes this also kind of ties into like what I do with social media and stuff too. Yep. Because like yep. I saw a TikTok this morning where this woman was like go into the trend section of your TikTok and look at all the things that are trending and then make content like that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's not advice. Like, that's that's like, fade copy everyone the, else. Fade into the wave. I never... I don't know if you want to call it coaching, but I never suggest making content based on trends because that has nothing to do with you. And then people aren't following you for you. And then you can't monetize what you want to monetize because they weren't following you for that in the first place. Mm
0: -hmm. They're following you for like a fad and then it's over now. And now what are they doing? Exactly. What are you? Who are you? That's really the thing is like knowing who you are. Knowing what you offer, no, knowing like that trust. you're good at it, yep. at being yourself, because guess what? You're the only person who's yourself, so you're the only one good at
1: it. Well, and the th- the three things of, of sales are know, like, and trust. If you know, like, and trust the person that you want to buy from, you're more likely to buy from them than if you don't like them, don't know them, don't trust them. Facts. But that also goes for you. You have to know, like, and trust yourself.
0: Yes. Yeah, so you have to look in the mirror and say, like, I deserve all the things I want. I'm I'm good enough for this, and I'm not waiting for anything. I'm just going to do it.
1: Let's say that together. I, I don't even know what I said. I don't know what you said. <laughs> it is so long. I try to follow it I try, try to follow okay, we'll it away in my it, brain. Okay.
0: But- <laughs> <laughs> Basically, just looking in the mirror and giving yourself permission, like I deserve everything I want in life.
1: Yes, I deserve everything I, I want, want in life. life. Yep,
0: I don't need anyone's permission to go after what I want.
1: I don't need anyone's permission to go after what I want.
0: And I have every right to enjoy every bit of it.
1: And I have every right to enjoy every bit of it. Yeah. Now, everyone say that to yourself. Yeah, say ten that to yourself. Times Twelve times in the mirror, looking at yourself. But seriously, in the face. there's
0: times where I was, well, I was the one holding me back, and I, I'm sure right now I am too. Um, there's certain voice have opportunities. Oh God, I, I fucking think, know. I oh, am. I know I am. We all do it. So, like, the point is, we all do it. Um, but I, I'm going to be, you know, clear here. I, you know, I built a voiceover booth. I booked shit already. And yet I still haven't submitted anything to a couple agents that I have an in on because I was waiting to have, for the right time to create the right demo, to create the right blah, 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 to do the right blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why am I being like this? Just send them the shit I booked and be like, look, I'm booking work. Check it out. I booked yeah. this and I recorded this at my home studio.
1: Waiting is very rarely Stupid. the answer. It's just like fucking do it already. Just do it.
0: So I did that. And so um, literally today I'm sending over the thing. As soon as I get it, I'm asking the engineer to send it to me. This is an internal thing, but it's so good. And I sound amazing. So I'm like, send it to me. And so I can send it to an agent. Please, thank you. Bye. Please and thank you. Bye. You know, but that's it. I mean, I'm saying we all do it. So that's my point. Even I'm doing it. Even I'm doing it when I know I got it. And when I know it's fine and everything's cool. We all do it. But it is a self-sabotage thing. It's a truly It dumb. is
1: One, that was kind of one of the first things that we talked about when you came over today is like this blockage that I have in my brain yeah. to like do something. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I feel completely paralyzed doing it. And it is, and you totally clocked it. It's burnout. And like, it's, it it's hard facing that when I have spent the last year in an environment where burnout wasn't considered to be real. Oof. And that it was a Long. choice. And it's like, okay, okay. Yeah.
0: Burnout is so fucking real. Like last night I got in off a plane. Uh, We went out to dinner and we had a fun night. Kiki chilled, loved it. But I'm still like, I did a million things this morning. I've been all over the city. We're coming here recording this. I'm aware that I'm doing a lot, you know, and I have to be careful because there will be a time where I'm just like, you know, I don't really feel like doing this one thing and I'm not going to do it. And it's burnout. Yeah it's burnout burnout really comes to you. It comes to you when you're trying your hardest and you're doing all your things, but sometimes it's just like, it'll, so that's, that's the time to be like, kind to yourself and do things that you enjoy
1: well and i will also say that new yorkers burn out like no other people we, make, we, are, we are champions we are at the burnout
0: like high burnout league it's the new yorkers we're here right. we just won it's we the world are series of burnout. mvp
1: trophy winning congrats <laughs> <burnouts>. yeah, we
0: <laughs> overdo it i mean if you go to like if you go anywhere else and you say like hi i do this this that and this that and this that, and that i'll talk to my mother in virginia and she'll just be like i don't know how you're like same fine and my I'm like, mom is always you like no, you've good.
1: lived enough life for five people yeah
0: right you hear and i'm that like but lot. i'm not
1: doing anything no oh my god <laughs> yes and then you're like
0: so i've had to stop that i'm not doing anything shit because that's like so detrimental too oh my god 100%. because it just creates more of that burnout because a burnout situation doesn't happen because you're doing too much it's because you're doing too much and not acknowledging it and just keeping it moving forward. I think
1: I always think of this conversation, always reminds me of like tires that are stuck in snow. Yes. Where you're like mud. stepping on the gas and they're just spinning and nothing is happening and the car is going nowhere. And you're like, and you're just yeah! digging a bigger and yeah! deeper hole for yourself. Because you're <laughs> fearful
0: and you're weighing that shit down. And when you lighten the fuck up and you realize that like, hey, it ain't that deep. Like I'm not a bad person because I didn't work out. I'm not a bad person because I didn't send the damn voiceover. Guess what I can do tomorrow? Send the damn voiceover. What's what I can do in an hour from now? Send the damn voiceover. Yeah. Like it can change like that. Just all the things. That's the other thing. It's like all the things that are like with burnout, things also become so much bigger than they are because they're compiling on an exhaustive level that you haven't handled. Yeah. So here's my, here's my also Sarah's tonic for that meditate for real be still meditate baby do a followed boat like meditation like someone's talking to you and telling and moving you through it because if you just let your mind wander, you're like ah but like do a good meditate yeah no same <laughs> i'm a type a psycho like I've, i appreciate it you know it's like it is what it is um but meditation like really grounds you a guided meditation whether it's headspace whether it's something online whatever you can find for free just do it that's Not the first sponsored. thing clarity second thing take the time just sit down and write three pages stream of consciousness of anything Fuckety fuck stupid fuck fuck i've written that for three pages that's fine <laughs> it gets it out of you right it's like an ex, it's like an expelling and then get some good sleep and i'm telling you if you do those three well, I've things got that part down yeah, if you do those three things for real, you will feel like you're okay taking a deep breath and I'm going to go do that thing that scared the shit out of me or I'm going to do the thing that I've been putting off or I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do something else that's just as great.
1: Yeah, I got to tell you, while you were saying that, I was I was remembering I had this conversation with my dad the other night. He, because of you, has gotten the artist's way. <gasps> And he started it. Oh my
0: God. First off, can we just talk about how much I love your dad? I've never met him. <laughs> <laughs> he is already winning. Shout out to
1: my dad. Shout out to dad. Matt Miskey, dot, oh, dot com. Go listen Mr. to him. Mr. Miskey.
0: Thank you. But
1: yeah, he started The Artist mm. Way. He found a copy of it at some local it's bookstore. It changed his life. Yeah.
0: Truly.
1: And I was like, oh, no pressure, God. but it's I was like, Dad, changed. I was like, do you know how many times Sarah's told me to do this? Now you're beating me here. Yeah
0: and I now just I'm fucking like shit
1: now i have to go do it it literally <laughs> doesn't
0: take a lot of time at all in fact i'm going to i think i'm going to do um the sequel again because i i always I'll get all way halfway through the sequel and i don't finish but um yeah the artist way honey is
1: not sponsored but hey oh
0: i honey i'll say her name to the rafters but i will just say it changed my life over covid i did it um post divorce post writer's block post so many things and it just I was prolific as I was doing it. It just changed my whole. I mean,
1: you're pretty prolific anyway. Thank you. I
0: love you. But like (laughs) the artist Way helped me get my show on Amazon mentally and Manifestee. It helped me ground myself. It helped me write two series during lockdown. It helped me hire a publicist because I had the audacity to do it you know what i mean and i don't think i had yeah. it i don't think I, I think i had the audacity i just was telling myself wait 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 not yet it's not the time or yeah. like it's not the perfect time writing the diva doctor scenes might not win it. fuck that it might of course sure it's crazy but but get your name out, out there and yeah. get it done
1: i mean that was literally yesterday when we were talking about my my pitch tech situation because i finally like sat down i had started it but i'd never really like dove in sure and yesterday i was doing it because i was like why are you waiting like, what are you waiting for? Like, there's literally nothing. The ne- Sarant, I've said what? out loud, the next step is doing the pitch deck. So just go fucking do it. And so I did it. And like a whole different sector of my brain a opened up.
0: Oh cool dazzling- yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> A dazzling place we might have known. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, no, I just we're singing so many songs on here. This is like know, the we're gonna get never canned. Like vibe <laughs> bitch. Well, I mean, I feel like this has been a great episode. I think we went through We've
1: covered so much. So
0: much. And it just naturally happened, you guys. We just what we love about this podcast is we kind of just start talking about yeah, specific things we're in just our lives. Hanging out we have exciting things happening. Yeah. But like you had the Tony's, you know, I'm here involved in SAG after a lot. I have a couple of cool things, but I can't talk about them yet. But I'm just really excited that we're both doing our thing and and we're human beings and we're going to have two steps forward, one step back, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's attractive against another. Um, but I just think it's very important for our listeners to know that like to be a rich bitch, you have to have that mentality and burnout is real. Burnout is real. To say something isn't real to someone who's in a burnout is so stupid. It's like saying depression's not real to a depressed person. It's like saying sick, your sickness isn't real to a sick person. It's stupid.
1: It's narcissistic abuse patterns.
0: Air-o-o-o-o-o-o gaslighting. <laughs> That's not a song. That's our song.
1: <laughs>. The gaslighting song.
0: Um, but yeah, so hang in there, guys. Um, Shout out to your dad.
1: Shout out yeah. to my dad. Yeah, I'm going
0: gonna, I'm gonna to do that at the end of some of the podcasts. I'll be like, Shout out to your dad. Yeah.
1: I'll keep you updated on his uh, on, on his the way of his artist. <laughs>
0: but I think everyone here should check it out. It's for everyone from an engineer to a school teacher to an artist to we're all artists. That's the whole freaking point is that we're all artists. And uh, human beings were put on this earth not to type, 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 uh, swipe, swipe, swipe. We were put on this earth to uh, to be. And one of the things of being is art. And that's in us. So do it. Do it! Do it! We love you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode of How to Be Be a Rich rich Bitch. Bitch. (laughs) You're so rich. Uh,